for coaches, by coaches, this is Soccer Chat with Nick Rizzo and Sean Sauterly, brought to you by social media for high school athletes. What's up, everybody? This is Soccer Chat, your weekly coaching podcast, 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 brought to you every single week by some great friends and some support by listeners just like you. The best way you can support is to rate this on Apple iTunes apple podcast or wherever you get your podcast from give us a nice five star rating and review because your boys do appreciate that and sharing out the links that's the best way you can support us to send out the links uh, every week when the show comes out to let your friends know that you are listening let us know what you like about it leave us a review like we said or give us a, a little shout out on twitter at chat soccer s-o-c-c-r there's no e in that soccer uh, another way you can help support us is by supporting friends of the show go over to dotickbrand.com check out the greatest coaching accessory needs needs that you'll ever need and i you know somebody actually uh, uh approached me this week nick and said hey man what's the deal with every week talking about the dutic brand neck warmers and <laughs> i i feel like you should explain that uh to this person i will make sure that they're listening to this like we don't have scripts when we talk about like these products we give you guys the honest truth and nick Answer my friend's question. What is it with the Dutik brand neck warmers? Again, uh, you keep asking me this every week. I don't own one, but every person that I've ever talked to that owns one, it's like their favorite product. Like they love, they love every brand of apparatus that you can write on that the Dutik brand ladies uh, put out for us. But their 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 number one thing is like man it's a super convenient ha- thing to have to keep your neck warm which just keeps the rest of your body warm i mean honestly you're just you're you're i mean you're missing out if you're not wearing a i mean like you and me are or we're missing out by not owning the neck warmers right now and i texted adelaide two weeks ago and was like hey um i'm going to purchase mine at convention because i want a video of me making the purchase and then applying it and wearing it everywhere uh the entire weekend at convention uh also shout out to our big friends over at torx t-o-r-r-x.com for the world's greatest ball pump we don't need to tell you what you already know we asked last week on soccer chat what you wanted for christmas from soccer santa and the majority of you said a torx ball pump well you can go to torx.com and get your ball pump. It is the greatest thing you'll ever see. I love taking mine to places and people ask me, what in the world is that thing? And I say, it's the world's greatest ball pump. Go check it out. T-O-R-R-X.com. Hit them up on Twitter at Torx Soccer. Tell them that your boys from Soccer Chat sent you. Actually, I had somebody text me. I believe it was on earlier this week. I had somebody text me. I was like, hey, man, guess what? I'm getting a Torx pump. And I was like, yes, you are. And uh, it was just so cool uh, that I'm like, man, like people are getting behind the Torx bandwagon. And it's, it's, it's just incredible. And you're going to be able to see them at convention. And speaking of convention, it is the United Soccer Coaches Convention annual convention. It's in Baltimore in January of 2020. It's going to be the 16th through the 19th. And your boys are going to be there hosting Soccer Chat Live on the 16th through the 18th. Uh, every single week we've been, uh, announcing a new show that we're going to do. We've got a new lineup, uh, for you guys this year compared to last year, but we do have some returning guests, but you just have to stay tuned to soccer chat every single Wednesday night, 9 30 PM Eastern time to find out who those guests are. There's a link in the show info. If you want to know more about the convention or you want to register, if you haven't registered, go do it now. I, I, I've been feverishly texting Nick for the last two weeks. Have you registered? And he finally just confirmed to me before we started recording to say, yes, he has indeed registered. The plane ticket is bought. We're going to fly in on the same day. And I cannot wait to get back with Nick. I haven't seen him in so long. We it's just see each other through the computer screens. And we're going to see so many of our friends that we met last year in Chicago. This time we're doing it on the East Coast. And I can't wait. We're going to do another meet and tweet uh, on that Thursday night before the exhibit hall opens because we've got a show during the exhibit hall uh, opening in the exhibit hall, which we're going to talk about more on uh, more later on. Uh, more on. What did I say that for? That's just what happens when I talk too long. He's Nick. I'm Sean. Nick, how, how Chris? Okay, Christmas is coming up next week, uh, right. and I don't think you said last week. And last week you talked about like how good of a year you've had. But what are you wanting from Soccer Santa next week? Oh gosh, I besides a Dutik brand neck warmer. <laughs> no, that's a good. That's, that'd be a great one. Um, 
I was, <laughs> this sounds so bad. I was like, right, a, a bunch of my family and my fiance and everything, like asking what I want. I was like, can someone pay for the rental car <laughs> for, for <laughs> United <laughs> Convention? Because four days of rental car is not not cheap, but no. Um, Try to think. I mean, honestly, if I could just have like a, like one or two more of my commits, like just say that they want to come to Monmouth, that would be the best Christmas present. We need like two more. So like all, all of my players out there that are listening, like you could be one of those two Christmas presents for me. That would be phenomenal. Just just say yes to Monmouth College. Um, I don't know. What about you? That's pretty much like all like, I don't know, like when you get to a certain age, I just feel like there's certain things like I don't have kids yet. So like I, I feel like there's just a finite amount of things that I could want, and I don't know what they are right now. Do you have things that you want? Uh, yeah, but it's like it's stuff. So this is really weird. Um, I mainly like for Christmas nowadays, like I just want like soccer clothes, like I just want coaching shorts, I want shirts and stuff like that, and. Um, my wife and my mother will always come back at me with, you already have too many shirts. You already have too many shorts. Um, but there are some camps that, uh, I'm working the summer that I would like to have some outfits specifically for those, that camp. Um, and for the, the, you know, a couple of schools that I'm going to be doing camps for. So I would like some like outfits for those schools. Uh, so that way I can represent them while we're there. Uh, and, and, you know, look the part of, of being a part of the camp. Uh, so that's really kind of what I wanted. The only thing, gosh, I don't think there was really anything that I've, this was like one of the first years where I was, there was something where I was just like, I have to have this. Um, cause I think the only thing was like, I want to get a, a, a new mixing board, uh, to take with us to Baltimore. Uh, to help us out with uh, producing our shows a little bit better. Uh, but I didn't really ask anybody for it. I think I'm just going to go buy it <laughs> myself. Um, I guess Merry Christmas to me. But, you know, like you said, like when kids get involved, it's kind of you're more of what wanting to get them what they've got to get. Um, although I kind of had a husband fail uh, when it comes to Christmas this year. It's OK. I'm and- going to have quite a few of those by the time that uh by the time i'm actually married like i have fiance fails all the time it's like a very consistent thing well i don't know why kelly still engaged me (laughs) so i take a lot of pride in like my gift giving and my wife is super awesome to be to buy christmas presents for um she either there's something she really really wants or it's just a like you know i don't surprise me and normally the surprise will work. I try to get her something that I think she can use on a regular basis. Um, and about five weeks ago, she told me there was this thing that she was. She's like, you know, I think there's only one thing that I, I really want for Christmas this year and told me. And I searched for five weeks, five weeks on this thing. And just this past Monday, got an email from like some massive producer of this thing and said, Hey, you know, sorry that you it's taking you so long to get out to us. Um, but just to let you know that, that we stopped production on these things uh, during the Christmas season and we won't have any back out until February. And you can try other companies, but they've done the same thing. And if any stores do not have any, then they probably are lying because they have at least one or two that still have yet to been sold and the owners are just keeping them. So I'm like, go, I've been on every single website, every single store's website. I went to the actual manufacturer's websites. And do you know, and this is, this, this may make you laugh and, and welcome to your future, uh, as, as a husband, no one in the country right now at any store has a freaking Wi-Fi enabled crock pot. I, yeah, you were showing me that in the group me. That's, that's pretty impressive. And I, so I, I, I know I said in the group text, like, uh, you know, do I just come clean with her and say like, Hey, like. No one has this because I don't want to like, oh, hey, here's a coupon for when these things come out in February. So I just broke down and my wife was like, hey, I, I'm just going to be honest with you. There is literally nowhere in the country that has these. And she was super cool. It was like, oh, you know, maybe just like a regular crop pot or, you know, we'll just wait till one of those comes out and you get me something else. And I was like, all right, cool. That night we have a crock pot meal. Guess what crap the bed and broke? What? our actual crop pot that we have. Oh no. That's, so, I mean, that's just, it's, it's, a, it's like, like someone's sending you a message. 
Yes. So I am I'm on a search to to try to find something different to hold us over until the uh the Wi-Fi enabled ones come out. Man, uh I don't know about you, but last week we got so much uh cool stuff from Giovanni and everything that's going on with the convention and the things that's going on with him and, and United Soccer coaches. I think we should do it again this week. What do you think? I mean, I'm in. Well, you you have to be in unless you're gonna hop over on Giovanni's show. I will not I would never betray you. Mr. Not answer my text messages for a week. I am bad about that in general. I apologize. I don't I know, Mr. I don't know, Mr. We talk every single day through text. We do talk almost every day through text. Except for last week. I, d- I done messed up. Yeah, it's okay. I feel like well, the Obama meme was like the perfect meme for that situation. Like, like I, I was like, that. I found that one. I was like, yeah, this is, this is the best, the only way I can technically respond to this and I, I don't know. It, I, I feel bad, you know, like I, I, I messed up. I profoundly regret what has happened. Well, you'll feel a lot better after the interview we've got coming up for you guys after this. Hey guys, it's Adrian Sorensen. I'm the head women's soccer coach at Delta College. I'm excited to be returning to Soccer Chat live this time from Baltimore at the convention, 1 p.m. Slide to the Soccer Chat podcast row and I'll be there talking soccer with Nick and Sean. It's going to be great live. Promises to me. I'm going to admit on the show that this is the second take that we're doing of this because I had such a good line and now it's like I'm not going to get the true reaction from our guests <laughs> this evening, but we're going to give it a shot. Uh, so last week we had our good friend Giovanni Pacini on uh, who spoke very highly of our guest. We've had George Hay on before who spoke very highly our, of our guest. And if you travel back uh, to the first year of the show – uh, there was a weekend in July where I got on the show, was talking to Nick cause I had just taken my advanced national, uh, course through United soccer coaches. And this has kind of been the theme of December because we've got the convention coming up here in, in January of having various members of the United soccer coaches, uh, on the show. But I took a course with our young and esteemed as Giovanni said, uh, last week we have with us Douglas Williamson, who I took my advanced national course and I absolutely loved it. And, and as I've said before on the show, if Nick and I put you over, we're not just blowing smoke. We really, really mean it. And, you know, I, I don't know if I think we've emailed a couple of times uh, since uh, since that course. But now I have the platform to tell you, thank you so much, because what I've picked up from that course uh, has really changed uh, a lot of things that I've done in the last two years compared to the previous 15. And if I hadn't taken the advice um, to switch courses rather than taking the one with George, that was five minutes from my house and instead going uh, nine hours away to the one in Indianapolis uh, with Doug, uh, I, I don't know if I would have gotten the same experience and, and taken in the same things. Cause I think George would have been way too nice to me. Like he always is. And say, oh, Sean, you're perfect. Keep going. Yep. Hey, you got it. My guy, you know, you actually were there. You criticized me a little bit, critiqued what I was doing and gave me uh, great information, but we have with us this week, Douglas Williamson, Doug, how are you doing? I'm great, Sean. Thanks for the, uh, for the compliment. That course was uh, a favorite one of mine. It was a pleasure. We had a great group and, uh, oh, absolutely. It was hot as Hades a couple of days, but we all got out there and and uh, had a great time. Absolutely. I, I, of, of all the courses I've taken, whether it's United Soccer Coaches or USSF, um, I feel, and I've, I've taken a lot of them and spent a ton of money on all those, 
I felt like I got the most of any course I've, I've attended from that one. And I know going into that one, you, you made a great comment. Uh, and I think that uh, Vince Gansberg kind of echoed it uh, when he spoke to us was you had mentioned that um, that the United Soccer Coaches uh, courses were, were kind of like a driver's permit. You know, you're giving us the tools and everything to learn to then go on to the, the, Uni- the United States Soccer Federation licensing. And I know that going into that course, I was really skepti- skeptical uh, of how far I really wanted to go because, I mean, it's not a little-known fact. I'm not a spring chicken anymore. I'm starting to get up there in age. Got two kids now. The time commitment and stuff along those lines. But I think it's been, you know, almost uh, two years from that course. And I now fully feel like I can go on further. And it's because of the work that you and United Soccer Coaches have done with that course. Thanks. Uh, You know, I appreciate that. And it's one of the reasons that um, I feel really blessed to have been a national staff coach now for, oh, gosh, next summer, I think is going to be my 27th summer. Good for you. Um, doing the national and advanced national premier courses. Um, and for seven years before that, I taught what were then the state and regional courses. But, but I think one of the things for me that's, there is something about that course in particular that I think is really important. That course is the one that I think over the years, coaches have said they're able to take the sessions that they see in that course and plug them in directly with their, um, with their players and their teams. Um, whereas in the other courses, you have to adapt them with your teams. And, um, if you're coaching a team that's in the age group that's specified by the course, the U15 and above, then, you know, you can really use that material pretty directly. So I think that's a cool course and I love teaching it, uh, as well. So I'm glad it was a positive experience for you. Oh, absolutely. And and the thing with Soccer Chat is to know uh, who you are, the coach now, and, and what you're doing in your career. we got to kind of know how you got started and how you got to this point. Uh, and we've heard from our friends George and Giovanni before uh, about, you know, what they've said about you and, and how, how much you've helped basically every coach in the country, uh, you know, for such a young guy. Uh, so how did you get to this point where you're at now in your career? Well, um, on our first take, I started to explain that I was – you know, I was primarily a player, and uh, I loved the game, played in, played in high school, played in a great high school program in Massachusetts, um, Needham High School, uh, Don Brock, who's a coaching legend, um, and played in college, played in the so-called Chicago Amateur League for a couple summers where I got paid to play, which was fun, and I was the youngest college official in the country when I was still a senior in college, because then, as now, we have a shortage of officials. Um, But a good friend of mine, uh, Tom Stagliano, uh, with whom I refereed, got me into coaching at MIT as the assistant men's coach in 1978, and worked with Walt Alessi there, and then I was an assistant at Kenyon with Jeff Fennell, at Ohio Wesleyan with Jay Martin, uh, people that I consider to be legends. Went back to MIT for a year while I was doing my doctoral work and then became a head coach at Curry College with the women's program uh, and was there for six years. In after two years in the Curry women's program, um, I took the I was in the first ever national diploma class taught by the then NSCAA. And you mentioned about your coaching life being changed. Mine was dramatically changed by taking that course. Um, I have, I made lifelong friends in that uh, course, the best of whom was probably Bob Mahaney, who's a coach in um, the Buffalo, New York area, came out to Curry, was my assistant for a couple of years out of that course. Um, great guy. And I was, I was 31 years old when I took my first coaching course and it changed everything. And from there it was, uh, I want to coach. Um, the only time I've ever made my living from coaching was the five years I spent as the assistant director of coaching education from 2008 to 2013, working out of the national office. But otherwise, I've been um, mostly an educator, teaching in um, college classrooms, graduate schools, um, uh, private school in Georgia for five years. So I've been primarily an educator. I'm also an ordained clergy person. So um, I seldom have pastored churches, although I am pastoring half time right now. But 
this has been the the staple or the stable part of my life in the sense that um, I've never stopped coaching. And um, and the then NSCAA changed my coaching life. Uh, Jim Lennox, Jeff Tipping, Tony DiCicco were all instructors on that course, Jay Miller. Um, it was a great learning experience. And uh, Mike Berticelli, Mike Parsons, when I took my advanced national, um, I took my premiere as a member of the staff um, because Jeff Tipping wrote the course and we all went through the course as staff in Florida before the course was launched with, um, with coaches from around the country. So the whole staff took the course um, during a staff training in Florida one year and it was a, a great experience. So that's a little bit about the journey for me. Um, there are so many stories and pieces and people that are important along the way. Uh, you know, George Heje and, and Giovanni Pacini are now um, colleagues, um, but they came on staff uh, when I had been on staff, and I loved working with them. They're enthusiastic guys. They love the game. But the other piece about our courses is we love people, and Gio and George and the staff. I mean, we love the people we've met. Uh, it, it's it's such a great part of, of um, who our organization is. It, it's about nurturing people and developing relationships. And uh, yeah, the X's and O's are great and being better coaches, that's great. And I always tell my players, I love to win. But if that's the only reason you're in the game, then it's probably not a good enough reason. <laughs> now, you, you mentioned uh, being uh, an, an educator and Giovanni mentioned last week that he was a teacher. And we've had a lot of, uh, coaches on who are either currently teaching or have taught at some point, but we've never had anyone who's also an ordained uh, clergy and, and doing the preaching thing on the side. So we've always talked about, I, I've always made a comment of how, and, and Giovanni kind of echoed this last week. I've always said that teaching and coaching is the exact same thing. It's just different topics in a different classroom. Uh, now I'm very intrigued uh, in the similarities between coaching and being a minister. Yeah, it's it's an interesting dynamic because um, when I came on the national staff, Peter Gooding, who is one of the most important mentors in my life, was the director of coaching education. It was still a part time position then, and he was the men's coach and athletic director at Amherst. And Peter brought me on staff. Uh, he was the one that recommended the board that I come on staff. It was the second summer that I worked with and for Peter on the staff before he knew I was an ordained minister. <laughs> and so uh, the, the, around the staff, you will hear, where's the vicar? Because <laughs> it's Mr. Gooding. And so I'm the vicar to the, to the staff. But, you know, the important thing for me is I, um, I lost a job and I won't share the details about that, but I lost a job at one state university because the chancellor, when he interviewed me as one of the two finalists, had decided that all I would be doing would be proselytizing uh, on the sidelines. And, you know, for me, my faith and my religious beliefs underpin what I do. They help me form my values. But um, for me, it's just, it, it, you know, the, the closest thing to evangelizing that I do in coaching was when I did college recruiting. <laughs> you being out there and you trying to trying to uh, convince people to come to your school, it's harder than evangelizing for your faith. <laughs> it's just oh, absolutely. For for me, um, you know, I was at Nebraska Wesleyan for seven years, and we started the women's program from scratch. Uh, I coached that program for six for um, for six years, and I also coached the men the last year. And the interesting dynamic was that um, the third of my Nebraska Wesleyan women just this past October was inducted into the Hall of Fame at the school. And I went back and I did, um, and I did um, uh, her induction speech. When she was a college student, she wanted nothing to do with religion. And my job was to coach her, help her grow, help her develop. And the interesting thing about her is that she is now the youth director at her church. Oh, uh, wow. 
And so she that's a part-time job for her. Her full-time job is she's a she's a PE teacher. She just finished 18 years at the Alternative High School in Lincoln, Nebraska. You know, great person. But you know, my job was not to try to convert her. My job was to coach her, um, help her grow, help her develop as a player, as a person. And um, so, you know, I think that that's, that's what I see myself doing when I'm a pastor. I'm, I'm being there for people, um, supporting them, helping them sort out the issues in their life. Um, and so I think that that's the common thread is, is for me, uh, and I wholly agree with you about the teaching piece. I think we're just teaching in different venues um, or in different circumstances. But if we're if if we're teaching or pastoring holistically, if we care about the whole person in those environments, then we're really doing some pretty similar things and helping people, um, you know, make the most of their uh, life experiences. For you, like when you were going through all this stuff, like. Who are some of your original coaching mentors? Like, who were some of the people you really looked up to when you first started going with this? Uh, you mean as a coach or as a staff member? Or both? Uh, as a coach, like when you, yeah, when you or both, yeah. I mean, he, he, both those answers would be good. Well, you know, the there there have been no more important coaches in my life because they were they had an impact on me at pivotal moments uh, than Jeff Finnell. And Jay Martin. And Jay Martin's going in the Hall of Fame this year. I'm thrilled. Uh, nobody could deserve it more. Uh, both are past presidents of uh, what was then the National Soccer Coaches Association. And, um, you know, they were very different coaches. And they really helped me see clearly that we are not all cut from the same mold. We are, we are different people. We may coach in slightly different ways. Um, the important thing is that, you know, we get the job done. We help our players grow and develop, meld them into a team. Um, Jeff Finnell and I have are still colleagues on the national staff. Um, I'm still in touch with Jay um, when he if he needs something with the journal, you know, um, he needs me to look at an article. I will do that from time to time. Um, those two people were probably uh, the most important. Um, I learned a lot. Uh, on the field from Jeff Tipping, Peter Gooding coming through courses. Um, those two uh, both had a tremendous impact on me in terms of what I do on the field. Once I got onto the national staff, I was really blessed to be able to watch sessions by Anson Dorrance, um, Shellis Heinemann, Leslie Gallimore, Janet Rayfield, um, you know, Leslie and Janet and I all came on the national staff around the same time, and uh, I, I just learned a tremendous amount from them. One of my favorite colleagues, and uh, I consider, I think we consider each other mutual mentors. Um, I've learned a ton from Nancy Feldman over the years, uh, watching her sessions at the Coaching Academy, talking with her, and uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that we are both Needham Rockets from Needham, Massachusetts, you know, from Needham <laughs> High School. Uh, we were seven years apart um, in, in school, so we didn't really know each other that well. But the national staff has brought us together. I've learned uh, just, just a ton um, from some of my colleagues. But, um, you know, I was really blessed to have um, two assistant coaches at Curry College, Bob Mahaney, whom I mentioned, who has now been a high school teacher for, oh gosh, 30 plus years and uh, a real student of the game, a really great spirit. Um, and then I had a guy by the name of G.T. Wright, who unfortunately died a few years ago. Um, and one of my best friends, and he, he was the perfect assistant coach. He knew the game. He loved the game. Um, he loved to help recruit. Um, but behind closed doors, he could say anything to me. Uh, one day we locked ourselves in the part-time coach's office at Curry, and he looked at me and he said, what the heck were you thinking? Only he said it a little stronger than that. And I said, what are you talking <laughs> about? And he said, you really didn't handle things very well out there today. And he described the particular situation and told me why he thought that I hadn't handled it well. And 
he could always say those kinds of things to me because once we opened the door to that office and we walked out, he was my biggest supporter. And I've just been blessed over the years with assistant coaches. I had um, um, assistant coaches at Nebraska Wesleyan, a woman by the name of Michelle Fredolino, who had played for me at Wellesley College, um, Bill Diamond, uh, a high school English teacher. Assistant coaches to me have been some have been people who I've depended on, learned from. A professor at Nebraska, at Nebraska, the University of Nebraska, Dave Goslin, who's written a wonderful book and is a high school coach himself now. Um, he was an unpaid assistant coach for me, and I learned a ton from him, and have continued to learn from him. So I've been I've been really fortunate not only to have the mentors um, along the way, um, but to have assistants who were willing to work with me who would also teach me. That's awesome. Like when you were going through all this stuff and like in your own coaching growth, what were some of the things that you really utilized to make yourself a better coach? And who were like the places that you went, people that you talked to when you were going through the process as a lot of young coaches are going through right now? Um, you know, I think, I think when I was a young coach, one of the things was that, that I just, I was never afraid to, to call up um, one of my mentors, uh, especially a Jeff Fennell, for example, to call him up and say, you know, I'm dealing with this situation. How do I deal with it? And it might have been on the field and it might have been off the field, but to be able to talk with, um, talk about the game and about specific situations with people. Um, I think, I think the thing that I wished I'd had was I wished I'd had somebody to come to my sessions with my actual team and watch me. And I, and I didn't have that because I would have learned tremendously from having people come to my sessions occasionally and critique those. Uh, I like the way we're doing our final testing now um, on the, on the, upper level courses, the national, advanced national, and the premier by testing people in their venue. I think uh, doing that informally would really help young coaches today to do that more. Something else that young coaches today have that we really didn't have was the capacity to videotape your, uh, yourselves, to do a video of yourself coaching, not necessarily the whole training session, but snippets of when you're making coaching points to see how you come across, to see what your player's body language is around you. Um, not having that when I was coming through, it meant that I really asked, when, when I went on the national staff, I wanted people to come to my sessions and critique the sessions that I was doing for other coaches. George Perry was incredibly valuable in doing that. Um, uh, the late Jack Detchen, who came over from England um, on our staff, was sometimes Jack could be a little harsh, but uh, he was very helpful. Jeff Fennell was good. I keep mentioning Jeff. He was really good at that. Um, and another person who's been good more recently for me is Jason Pendleton, um, who it, it has been a great high school coach and teacher. And I had Jason in the Advanced National course many years ago now at, at um, uh, out at Amherst College when he came through. And uh, we've stayed friends. And he's been great at critiquing my sessions. I don't think there's anything better than having somebody come to your session, somebody that you trust, and give you feedback on what you do. For me, it didn't happen with my teams. It happened once I went on the national staff. Uh, and it was immeasurably uh, helpful. Yeah, that's awesome. I, ironically, I actually coach at the school that uh, George Perry was at most recently before he took over the uh, ODP stuff in Indiana or whatever he's doing in Indiana right now. Okay, I, I coach at a school called Monmouth College, and it was like his last like college coaching job before he started going back. I think he's doing ODP in Indiana. I'm not. I know it's something in, in with uh, a large group of players in Indiana. I just don't remember. He's the uh, he's like in charge of Indiana youth soccer. He's not like okay. the. Uh, they, like we have a coaching director, but he's kind of like he oversees ISL. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yep, the Indiana Soccer League, right? That's yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. 
But for you, like it, it kind of that actually brought up like a question that I hadn't really thought about previously. Would be really interesting is what was um, like what have you noticed at the changes that have occurred like throughout throughout your years with uh, the program, which was NSCA and then United Soccer Coaches. The changes in the in the courses. Yeah, like, or just like in general, like coach, like just like what have you noticed that have been like some really key changes that you've seen with your own experience, like throughout the years, and how have you think it's grown as a, an organization um, for the better over the last few years? I think one of the things that um, you know, I think I think the areas in which I've seen the most growth and development over the last few years have been. Um, in online courses, um, online education, the um, and I I also think that uh, let's see what the online courses and I think the what do I want to call them the the ancillary courses the off the field courses so the work that we have done um, in uh, the director of coaching course for example. Um, one of the things I'm proudest of is that um, we, Dave Carr at Ohio University had put together the, um, the basis for a master's degree in soccer-specific coaching, um, co you know, coaching education, um, but a master's degree that was in just one sport, soccer. And that kind of lingered on the table for a few years, and um, I got permission uh, to go and talk to Dave and reignite that and get it going. We're, we're looking more at the off the field side and the, the, the kind of supporting pieces of coaching education now. So we've done a lot more with psychology, with the director of coaching courses, with ethics, with league, you know, with the legality, the legal issues, the dealing with parents, the, um, uh, things like that, the administration, Piece. We we've done a lot more in that part of thing. We've done a lot more with the leadership side of things. I mean, that's been one of my interests. And uh, I actually got to teach in the Ohio University course, that course. And I also taught in the multi-sport um, master's degree in coaching program on campus uh, for a semester in leadership and management in sport. So I think that the you know, we've got a, a more holistic approach. When the coaching academy started, everything was about what was on the field. Um, I think what we've kept that's really good is we've really kept a range of courses that suit a variety of coaching levels. So for me, I'm thrilled that whether you coach five-year-olds or whether you coach, and this is no exaggeration, five-year-olds or a professional team you can have an educational experience through United Soccer Coaches. And I think you see that at the convention. You know, I have for a number of years now been involved in finishing up the convention with what's now the 4v4 diploma, was the state diploma before that. I love those 150 coaches who show up on Sunday morning who are there because they're coaching the five to nine-year-olds or the five to eight-year-olds. So we've got courses for them. We've got courses for the uh, parent who got into coaching by the extortion method. It, I think you guys know what that is. That's where they, you know, they say to the parents, oh, well, we'd love to have a team for your, for your child, but we don't have a coach. And so some poor parent who's never been exposed to soccer gets conscripted, and that 4v4 diploma course can at least get them through the first year or two um, with their five or six or seven-year-old child. And I love that, but you can have coaches who are professionals who could gain something from going to watch the international coaches that we bring in or to watch um, a Janet Rayfield or a Shellis Hindman do a session at the convention. Uh, the, you know, we, we've got the field sessions, we've got the work on the field, and I think that's great. I think one of the things that we've modified um, over the years is we have looked at more dynamic ways to teach both techniques and tactics. Um, you know, we're dealing with, we're dealing with players now who, um, you know, they're digital natives and for better or for worse, their attention spans are, 
um, maybe a little shorter than mine and my teammates were all those years ago when we were in high school. And we have to figure out how to coach those players. And I think we're paying more attention to our on-field methodology that's going to reach this generation of players. And we've never stood still as an organization um, on, on pedagogy and on um, how to teach. We, we've, we've always tried to be dynamic in that regard and moving forward and forward-looking um, in terms of le learning theory and pedagogy. And uh, so I think we've kept up with that dynamism. That's awesome. Like with all that, like what are some of the things that you're most excited about going forward, um, both with convention this year and other things that you guys are starting to think up and work on going forward as an organization and then as coaches in general in the United States? Well, I think one of the things that that I'm excited about because of the particular point in my life that I'm at, I really I really believe that we have um as a soccer community, and this is everybody, not just our organization, we have fallen behind in, um, and we've got a significant issue. We've fallen behind in the area of player development and as a nation in soccer. And I, what, what I'm excited about, I'm excited about the fact that um, United Soccer Coaches is looking at the whole concept of what it means to coach holistically. Um, we have this statement now about um, our values, our core values, our core principles that resembles what USA Hockey did. I want to say, oh, maybe even 10, 12 years ago now. And uh, I have a half brother who teaches, who coaches, um, and he has bought in totally to the USA Hockey Player Development Program. And he's really proud of the fact that in the last NHL draft of the top 31 draftees, there were 10 Americans who were drafted who had played in programs that had bought in completely to the USA Hockey Player Development Program. And it's a, it's a great program. And it's interesting because my brother will watch sessions that I do at the convention and he'll steal them and adapt them for hockey. And it's, you know, it's, it's a, I take that as a huge compliment. But when he and I talk, we're always talking about coaching theory and player development. And I'm not convinced in soccer that we are doing the right things nationally in terms of player development. Um, Age-appropriate curriculum, coaching the whole, the whole person, um, you know, things of that nature. Um, Playing the right number of games. We need to get back to playing the right number of games. Our kids are playing too many games. They don't train enough. And we, we need to figure out how to, how to get a handle on that. And I'm excited that United Soccer Coaches is dealing with that issue. Where I am at my particular point in life, um, and having just moved, my goal is to get connected in the local soccer community and to be a force for... for um, coaching the coaches of our youngest players. Uh, I really want to get involved in the game from ages five to 12, because it's at 12 that we're losing thousands and thousands of kids from the game. And the game is too much fun. It's too beautiful to be losing so many kids at age 12. And they tell the researchers that the biggest reason they're quitting is because it's no fun. And we're not alone. Baseball's having the same problem. Um, there are other sports that are having the same same issues about kids quitting, we can do better. And USA Hockey's given us a good model. One of the things I'm thrilled about Dave Carr being uh, one of our vice presidents and soon to be president is he and Ron Quinn are two people that are working across sports to do player development models. They're working with people in golf and in tennis and uh, other sports. And we have a lot to learn in soccer. United Soccer Coaches is trying to lead the way in that regard, and I'm thrilled about that. Uh, yeah, for sure. And for you, 
what are some like personal goals that you have for yourself over the next year? Like, the, what are you trying to grow as? And you, I saw like I again that you're gonna have to forgive my research a little bit. Are you working with a, a high school coach uh, as a high school coach right now? No, I just moved. Um, just moved from the Columbus area up to Lake Erie, uh, Marblehead, Ohio. I'm pastoring a church half time. And so I need to get connected with the soccer community here. I've been doing a lot of the final evaluations for United Soccer Coaches. So um, I've, been, I've been pretty busy doing uh, a number of those final evaluations for the National, the Advanced National, and the Premier. And uh, my, my goal really in this next year is to get plugged in to um, youth soccer in the Northwest Ohio area northern ohio area and um to really train coaches of those younger players and to try to model for them a a, uh, a form of player development and player engagement that's holistic that's fun uh that's movement oriented and um you know is able to develop kids as people and as players and so i've got to get connected in my new community and everywhere I've been, I've been able to do that. So, uh, but it's a little hard. It was 19 degrees here today. It felt like seven. Uh, nobody's out. Uh, nobody's out kicking the ball. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, I noticed in my time in Michigan, I'm I'm assuming Ohio has to be the same way. There are so many like domed areas with the fields inside the domes for uh, kids and players to go to. Yes, there are there are a few. Not enough around here, but. Um, it, the um, what I loved about the Columbus area was those kinds of facilities were developing, and what you had was, um, you know, one of the best facilities in the Columbus oh, area had you could you could play eleven v eleven on a full size field, one hundred and twenty by seventy, I believe. You also could play eight v eight, four v four because of the way they use the nets and because of the turf. Uh, Takes some pretty huge buildings. But um, those are coming and we're going to need them over the years because there's a, uh, uh, you know, there's a real passion around the game. And um, I'm kind of hoping that kids play multiple sports. I'm still an advocate of that. Oh, absolutely. Um, But there are kids who will want to play at different seasons. And I think they ought to be able to do that. With, uh, with our last few minutes here, we definitely want to hit on convention and some of the things with that. Um, you know, whether it comes to the lineup that, that's coming up uh, in, in January, you know, is there maybe uh, one or two sessions that you're really looking forward to or like um, ones that you're like, I, I need to try to make this work in my schedule where I can come check these sessions out? You know, one of the things that I do, and I hate to admit this, is I wait until the final lineup is there and then um, I make sure that (laughs) I get to the ones that I think are going to meet my needs at the time. And part of the concern for me is that um, I'm a member of the ethics committee. And so I have ethics committee obligations. I have uh, national staff training obligations. And so what I'll do is um, what I I really want to focus on is more uh, in terms of in terms of topic, in terms of field sessions, I really want I really want to see um, I really want to see some field sessions that focus on playing through thirds of the field. Um, knowing that I'm in an area where um, I there may not be as many specialized coaches, I want to brush up on some uh, on some goalkeeping current goalkeeping sessions. So those are things I want to do. It's more topical than people for me. And uh, so, um, you know, I want to make sure that I get to those sessions. A colleague of mine from Ohio is actually uh, uh, doing a session um, that'll be about player development. And he did a TED Talk in Ohio. His name is Steve Locker. Steve now runs Locker Soccer in the Columbus area in Ohio, but he'd been uh, a coach at um, uh, Rochester, University of Rochester. He'd been the Harvard men's coach. And um, he's done some great work in in terms of um, age appropriate player sessions. He's going to be doing a session. Uh, my colleague Jason Pendleton is going to be doing a session on coaching. Um, kind of, I would call it values oriented coaching. Um, again, coaching the whole person, um, helping players grow to mature 
ethically, uh, in terms of decision making, in terms of relationship skills, in addition to soccer? And how do you do that at the high school level? So Steve Locker and Jason Pendleton are going to be doing sessions. Those are sessions that may not be on anybody's radar. But I would hope people would go to those because I think that I, I think there are going to be nuggets that you'll take away from those sessions um, that will be absolutely um, outstanding. What's a, you know, you just mentioned about uh, little nuggets that uh, that'll always catch your attention. Um, you know, what's one session that you've been to in the past that has is still a massive part in how you coach? Oh, there have been so many, um, you know. One of the sessions that I saw on um, the development of a crossing session that Janet Rayfield did years ago. Um, the first time I saw Shellis Heinemann do a pressing session um, was revelatory. Um, Ron McEachin, who doesn't come to the convention much anymore, but was a college coach, uh, coached briefly in MLS. Uh, Ron did um, playing from the back third through the, or excuse me, playing from the middle third into the final third. Uh, Ron did some brilliant midfield sessions over the years. But one of the very first sessions I saw, and it was interesting because it was one of the last sessions that was ever done in a ballroom, was Jeff Tipping doing a session, a 6v6 session, um, that was just the smoothest development from a possession to a penetration session um, to a going-to-goal session. And it was done with um, uh, halves of the field, and it was done in a 6v6, a goalkeeper and five field players, um, three backs and two front runners. And um, it was it started off with possession. It built into um, uh, penetration, um, going to goal, adding players into a live 6v6 session. It was one of the most important sessions I've ever seen because it taught me how to use... Um, I can I feel comfortable from that session and others I saw at the convention that I could use any size space to teach tactics. I used to think I needed a huge space to teach tactics. And uh, so that that session that Jeff Tipping taught has has stuck with me. Um, one of the very best sessions ever was the second to last year. Tony DiCicco was at the session and uh, teaching some sessions for some realistic goalkeeper training, how to add pressure, how to get goalkeepers into realistic trainings, still get a lot of shot-stopping opportunities. And it was one of the best sessions I've ever been at. And it, an important part of that was incorporating goalkeeping into the coaching into the coaching of the whole team and using the whole team while you're training a goalkeeper. And um, so that also, you know, there, there's just been so many so many great ones. And one other one that I remember that was outstanding was Mike Noonan did a session um, on creating opportunities in the final third of the field. That was just, and you know, Mike at Clemson, just tremendous session. Absolutely. Well, I, I hate that we have to, to end the time. Like, I feel like we could just keep talking and keep talking, but I, we're going to say that for the convention because we're going to run into you. I know you're a busy man, but <laughs> no, we're going to run forward. into you. Um, but, and obviously, obviously we'll be at the, uh, the podcast row. So if you make your way uh, towards that way, you can always stop by, uh, our booth and say hello. But Doug, you know, one thing about soccer chat, uh, on top of, you know, figuring out who you, who, you, how you became what you were and how you are the coach you are now is we're a big networking community of, of coaches all over the world who are networking and, and sharing ideas, coming up with, uh, ideas and helping each other, uh, from our friends in Australia to all of our friends here in the States. Uh, as well. And so we just created this big network of connections uh, for coaching. If, if a coach who, who's a part of our community is listening to this and they want to reach out to you, maybe ask more questions about uh, the classes that you're, you're teaching with United Soccer Coaches, or maybe just uh, coaching questions in general that they may have, uh, because you are a very, very uh, bright spot in our profession, uh, you know, how could they do so? Um, probably, you know, um, old school email works for me. Um, my initials DJW, and then it's DJWNSCAA, um, just like your shirt says, um, at uh, uh, gmail.com is probably the best, the best way to get me. Once you get me that way, um, calls and texts are great. Um, 
have a, I have a good friend now, Arnold McElroy, who took a regional diploma course um, from me in 2006 or 2007, I guess it was. And uh, he coaches in Texas. He has a winter season. I'm surprised I haven't heard from him yet this year. But I always hear from him the beginning of his season, the middle of his season, and the end of his season. And we've been doing this for, you know, going on 13 seasons now. So uh, I'm, I'm happy to do that. Email me and uh, we can get the discussion started. And then we can, we can call, Skype, whatever, uh, whatever works. All right. Doug, thank you so much. Doug Williamson from United Soccer Coaches. Thanks, Sean. Thank you, Dave. I don't know. There's always people on the show that we end up interviewing that I never thought I'd get to talk to in person. So, like, similar to you, I Doug was at my both my advanced national and my national and wasn't my specific coach, so I never had gotten the chance to interact with him. And it's just like, once you get done with those courses, you're like, I'm probably never going to see that person or talk to that person again. Like they would have no reason to ever interact with me. And so to get the chance to talk with a guy like Doug and just go through his experience, like, man, what a story. I mean, honestly, what a story. Like he has the, one of the most diverse backgrounds of any soccer coach I think I've ever talked to ever. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I, it's so funny. Um, it's almost like, I, you know, with them teaching in these classes, it's it's educational based and stuff like that. You think of all the people who like at your high school who decades of people who had the same teacher that you had, like somebody who graduated years, years in front of you had the same teacher you had. Somebody who graduated years, years and years after you had the same teacher that you had and the same teacher that the person before you had. And to me, I've met so many people that when I talk to them about the advanced national course, they're like, who is your teacher? And I was like, Doug Williamson. And they were like, he was mine too. Uh, <laughs> so it's so cool that there's like a, uh, I guess kind of like uh, how there's the coaching tree. Like you've got the head coach and all the assistants who have worked for the head coach. Now they've all got their own head coaching jobs and who they've brought up, yada, yada. I feel like there could be like a student tree uh, for Doug. And we are blessed members to be a part of the Doug Williamson education tree. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, my, I don't think we goal, show much for it, but no, no, no. I mean, that's like, I honestly, <laughs> he may not want us on the tree. No, I mean, he's, he's one of those, like, he's probably cutting that branch off. He's like, eh, like there's like a few, uh, there's a few loose ends here that I probably just could use some trimming. And, uh, maybe we, maybe we, we slide those off a little bit, but no, like I've always said that like my goal is to eventually be like the, what's it like the six degrees of, uh, Kevin Bacon or whatever. Yeah. What's, what's, I forget that phrase, but mm, like that. But essentially, you and me, like, that's got to be our goal is to be like, have our fingers in that many places in the soccer community that like, within six degrees, like everyone can get in touch with us, like within like a person of a person of a person. I think we're, we're gradually working our way up there. Well, you're working your way up. You're, you're coach of the year, well, taking your team to the national tournament. I mean, it's, <laughs> oh, you called it though. I mean, I, I feel like you have, you had way more confident in our team doing that than I had in our team doing that. Well, some somebody, someone somewhere has to have confidence in teams for for people. So, I will gladly be that person. Well, there was a great quote from uh, Jurgen Klopp the other day. I forget what it was exactly, but it was something like, um, "God, I wish I could remember it." I, I'm butchering this at this point, but essentially, it was like it was talking right before the Barcelona game. But um, it, it like essentially said something like, "I." Didn't think it was possible, but I always believed, you know, or something like that. It was, it was a really good quote. I wish I could remember the full thing, but essentially that, like, I didn't always believe it was going to happen, but I, don't know, I always like, just in the back of my mind, I thought that there was, there was a chance, you know, when you got good people around you, there's always a chance. Well, I, I knew there was a chance. I knew it was going to happen. You, you definitely did. You, I mean, you, you, you called the shot. I mean, you, you Babe Ruth it, you know, you, you, back in like August, I mean, you 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 said it before you'd even seen my team play one game. I I only saw them play one game, and that was in the <laughs> national tournament. <laughs> that was nasty. I feel bad that you didn't get to see us play any other games because I feel like that was the one game where I should say the one game. There were definitely other games where we were outmatched, but that was the the one game where I mean I, we outshot almost every team that we played this year, and that was definitely a game that we did not outshoot the other team. Well, you know, it, it, it was the first one and 
you know, the next ones aren't going to be like that. And you'll, you guys will be fine. I just, just wait for the year when I say you're going to win a, a national tournament game. Oh gosh. I can't wait for you to call that shot. That will be, <laughs> I got the, if I don't back up on that one, that's going to be, <laughs> that's going to be, there's going to be a lot of people coming like, Hey, like, so like you guys were supposed to win it and you did it. I'm well, like, yeah, no, say, I, no, I failed. But yeah, but you didn't say it. It was just, it was just me. So <laughs> they, I can take the blame for that. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I having, having Doug and, and, and talking to him and we've got more, uh, guests, uh, that are speaking, um, at Baltimore in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I think that you guys are, are going to absolutely love, um, you know, we, we, I'm not giving the guests away, but we've got some pretty big speakers, uh, coming on the show, uh, that we're going to talk to over the Christmas break. And, and we're going to put the shows out for you guys. Uh, and just kind of as a note, because, uh, you know, typically every single Wednesday night, um, we do the soccer chat, uh, 9 30 PM Eastern time. Uh, but the, the thing is next Wednesday, it just happens to be Christmas. So, uh, we will take off from Wednesday night next week, uh, and give you, give you guys a day off of the soccer chat. Um, so there will be no Twitter chat this week, uh, upcoming on Christmas day. Cause we want you guys celebrating with your family. Hopefully soccer Santa got you everything that you want. Uh, but we will be back, uh, the following week for the soccer chat, but on Thursday, after you've opened all those presents, you've eaten all that food and spent times with family and friends, you can make sure you're subscribed, you, you've downloaded, and you can get a brand new Christmas episode of Soccer Chat with a very, 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 very special guest we have for you guys. Uh, it's, it's Nick and I's Christmas present to you. Um, only details I'm going to give you is this coach is super well known and we have no business talking to them, but we're going to have a lot of fun and make a new friend out of it. Uh, so that's your teaser for next week's show. Um, man, Nick, we haven't done this in a while and I feel like tis the season to be jolly. Uh, do you want to give out a, uh, a Nick Rizzo weekly shout out? Oh man. Um, I, gosh, I, I probably could give a few out. I, Actually, one of the ones I really want to give out is to uh, just the whole University of Iowa coaching staff. I went and worked their camp on last Sunday, and I was literally the only non-University of Iowa staff member there. And they were just, I, again, I, I, I never got, like, you when things happen like that, you just kind of look back and, like, man, like, I never thought I would get to the point where, like, I'd literally be at a University of Iowa camp and be the only non-Iowa staff person and just have everyone treat you like an equal you know like you when you go to work camps like that you you always had these like ideas of what the coaches would be like oh, I'd be like they 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 treat me like a division three coach or they treat me like a young coach and so I like I, I honestly just a huge shout out and every pretty much every coach that we've ever dealt with that was a division one coach or a high level coach or even just any coach in general that just treated us just like any other coach and it's just I, I just big shout out to them and all the other coaches i've been able to work with this year that truly make me feel like an equal which is just a cool experience to have what about I'm you gonna, i'm gonna give a shout, a shout out to our man kai edwards just had a, a brand new baby i did uh, see that i should have said that one too that's a better one than mine no that's right you left that one up for me so i'll take it uh, big shout out to Kai having a baby now, uh, Beautiful doing the dad baby. thing. Just Absolutely. Look incredible. Absolutely. And he did, uh, he did some soccer chat, uh, on Wednesday night while holding the baby. And I gave him the advice. You don't want to wake the baby up. So you have to tweet quietly while you're doing soccer chat. Are we going to see him at convention? I believe he's going to be there. I, I can't confirm that, but I do believe he's going to be there that would have been the last time i would have seen him so i a year from now that's the crazy thing i talk to people all the time like i like same thing with like the the duct ladies duct ladies last time i've seen them is convention last year there's a lot of people that like literally i just have like a annual date with with convention like i'm excited to see david robertson he just did an awesome email or awesome interview about recruiting the other day i'm so excited about convention like I like I'm just like I feel bad because like I'm just I'm a big hugger like you know you've seen it like mm -hmm. I like I'm just like I'm so excited to just give out so many hugs at convention to all my friends that I don't get to see very much. And how many people are gonna hug you and tell you congratulations on the engagement? 
<laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, like, I hope a lot of people because I love hugs. I think we're. I'm just gonna make a stand. Like, I'm gonna have like our table, and I'm just gonna have a place where you stand, and everyone can come up, give you a hug, and tell you congratulations. But yeah, no, I mean, there's like one guy who like walked around, like he has his shirts like free hugs, and yeah. uh, I like I, I feel like I should just buy that shirt for convention. That's instead you of should. instead of wearing the soccer chat shirt day one, I'll just wear the giving out free hug shirt. There you go. It's got to be a red hoodie, though. I mean, that's the only thing I own. <laughs> I figured that was going to be what you asked for Santa for, for Christmas, but more red hoodies. Oh, well. Yeah. If you if you know Nick's address, hook him up from Santa. Get him a new red hoodie. He'll enjoy it. Uh, man, if uh, Nick, if somebody wants to chat with you on the Twitter and possibly ask you about how they can send you a red hoodie, or maybe they want one of those hugs at convention, how can they do so? At Coach N. Rizzo. What about you, brother? Mine is at Coach Soldering. Make sure to subscribe to this if you haven't already. Get this show every single Thursday uh, put out for you for free. And it's all thanks to some great friends at Soccer Chat, just like our friends over at Dutick Brand, DutickBrand.com. Make sure to use the promo code Soccer Chat for a sweet discount. Torix.com for the world's greatest ball pump. And shout out to Ellis Riley and the mates over at Soccer IQ. Check them out on Twitter at Soccer IQ. Well, man, um, I will see you uh, on the flip side. We will chat again before Christmas. Um, but, man, uh, have a good weekend. You and do, get brother. ready. Get ready. Because you, we're, I'm, we're going to blow your mind with our interviews coming up, Nick. I think I, I've already shed one of them to Nick. And he was like, wow, wow. Why are they talking to us? And I didn't say that. <laughs> and that will probably, you know what, Nick, I'm just going to, I'm calling the, I'm calling a shot again. First question of the show has to be you asking that. Why are you talking to us? <laughs> yes. It'd be a yes. legit question. Yes. So we will have that next week. If you want to know why this person is talking to us, make sure to check it out next week. He's Nick. I'm Sean. And the best part about soccer chat is that we get to do it all over again next week. Nick, we'll catch you later. See you later, brother. Oh, 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 oh,